something else, you can't think about other details. You know what I mean? You can't think about other details. All right, praise the Lord. I want to open up with this scripture. Um, uh, Chris, if you can put on the screen, we're going to start with this scripture. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4 is what we're going to open up with. Hey, Kim. Oh, no, just regular. <laughs> just regular. Hey. How are you? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He is good. Love your dress. Did you make it? <laughs> All right, praise God. Okay, for for I'm doing I'm gonna I'm gonna just give a rundown of what train to rain is for Eric, because right Eric. Okay, and um I just wanted to this is good train to rain is we we have been doing this this is the fifth year of train to rain, and if you go back to the past we pick a topic every year, and then we really walk through that whole topic of how you can apply it into your business into your life into your family into your ministry into whatever that you're involved in doing. And so train to reign is a way of learning the principles and the ways of God in the word and, and putting it into action, actually putting it into work in your day. And so I, I can't even remember what, oh, first year was the power choice. The next year was wisdom. The next year was prosperity. The other year was vision. And this year's movement. I had to close my eyes to see that outline. Honestly, as we get through the end of the year, we could actually probably write a book on each topic. Just take it and have it put in a book because that's how deep it is. This year, we've been talking about advancing the kingdom of God within, movement. This year, I felt very strongly in my spirit as the year was changing in, that there would be great movement this year. There is movement every year. We can't lessen that every year has an important movement in all of our lives. But this year, it felt like there was going to be a big movement. I felt a bit, how many people have felt in their spirit the stirring of something bigger? Yeah. And so, and what the thing is, is, we want to get out there. How does the movement happen? You know, God does have a way. He moves in a certain order. But then everybody's life is particularly different to what they're called to. But we're all called to the same thing. And that's advancing the kingdom of God within the earth. All right. And so we've been teaching breaking down these steps. And the first lesson that we taught this year was about the importance of the regenerated spirit. You have to recognize that the Holy, you have a Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the source. Bottom line, there is no other source that is going to give us the guaranteed truth than the Holy Spirit. Now, what's so sad is in business, most people don't even realize that they have the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because I was one of them. I am in business, work in business, and I did church on Sunday, and I didn't do anything with it because I didn't even know that there was a life-giving spirit inside of me. And so the word 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we have to first, you every morning, we have to identify who is our source every day. You have to recognize that Jesus came on this earth so he could bestow the Holy Spirit in us so we could walk with the Trinity. We could walk with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the source. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to review what we've talked, just a light overview. 
But then I want to talk about the witnesses. We're going to end today with understanding what witnesses come and how they move. And some of you will laugh with what you just went through because you're, you're experiencing this. All right. So the first is a source. The second is our soul has to be renewed. So our source can know everything, but our soul has to be the producer of it. So it waits on the platform to hear the instruction from the Holy Spirit to be asked And then the soul's actually got to produce what the Spirit is showing you. But we live in a world where our soul gets very well educated by the world. We don't recognize where the real source is. We are always looking on the outside instead of the inside. Then we, Jesus came, this is so awesome, to show us the awareness of grace. All right? The process, the time, the time in that you are called and we have to experience these, these different, I call it the dial on a lock. And you have to experience these changes in time. And the grace is how this all works. The grace is the combination is what I taught. How that all works. It's a combination dial. And when it clicks, boom, the lock is what? Open. And you are ready now to be the glorious son of God at being filled knowing that you have all your prosperity taken care of. Every source is taken care of. And you can, you can expect an answer from God when you ask. And then you have angels that restrain evil as you're out doing God's work. Okay, now come on. When we really get to the 911 call, I love it when you said that. When we get to the 911 call, you just ask the Holy Spirit. You just ask the source to step in and now start this. Okay, so it's so beautiful. Paul had said, this is what's so awesome. Paul had said in his writings, so isn't that an awesome verse to start off with? Reminding you that the greater one is in you. And it even says in Hebrews that he's the guarantee of all truth. Man, when you start getting grip of this, do you know what I'm saying? Get a grip of this, that the truth is with you all the time. It's like we have the answer book, we don't look into it. Do you know what I mean? Hey, come on. I've been using a manual lately, studying a manual, and it has blanks. And you got to go to the back to find the correct answer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Inside of us is, come on, who had math? And you, hey, and you had to do the little practice section for homework. You're not supposed to go look. I mean, everybody looked in the back, right? Come on, right? Okay. Gene didn't didn't even know he had books in school, right? But I think about that because I would sit there. I'd be one of those kids that would sit there and I'd be like, I'm not going to look at the back. I'm not going to look at the back. I'm not going to look at the back. And then I get the answer. I was like, that is the right answer. And then you get it back. That's the wrong answer. Okay, but I followed the formula. (laughs) Okay, so we have to be open to know that God already has a playbook and it's the source of the Holy Spirit. We've all been born in the dispensation after Jesus. We're not living in the Old Testament. We're living in the New Testament. Can you just turn that down just a little bit? So, Paul had said, I labor until Christ is formed in you. Now, that's really powerful. Paul was an apostle. He was actually, he worked God's business every day. That was his job. He still had a job he had to go work to every day, making tents, right? But he actually, he was called to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Not only to the Jews as a Jew, but to the Gentiles to break that dispensation of getting the knowledge of Christ out there. So his whole life was praying for the people that he met so that Christ, he would labor in his prayer. He would labor in his time. He would labor until Christ was formed in the people he was assigned to. 
Now, and that's another thing. We are assigned places to be. We are assigned jobs. We are assigned headships. We are assigned ministries. We are assigned places that when God puts you in that place, well, then there is somebody who's going to labor till Christ is formed in you because being formed is an external form of an internal seed. Okay, I love that. We want to live with outside things happening. People want contracts. People want customers. People want, you know, things to change in their life. People want to experience external changes. But until they recognize the seed that's already in you, and you're not tending to that seed, which is the source of the Holy Spirit, how can you break out? How can it break out and start to grow? Christ, I love it. We have people in our lives that God already aligns us with to help us get to the next place. Praise God for those people. I mean, praise God for those people. You can be, think that you have been successful in the world, but until you get into the alignment and the people God has for you, that seed, there are elements of that seed that cannot burst out, that cannot grow. You cannot experience the external things that God in... Okay, I've, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that can say any, anything different to this. When you are young, you already see things, things that make you excited, things that are great, that you know that that puts a desire in your heart. Well, there are certain times for that seed to be sprouted and started. Do you know what I mean? And it comes when we first accept Christ in our heart. When we accept Christ in our heart, then you know, oh, that, that seed just got broken out. But then you actually meet the person and you get in your conversion change and you start really living your life for the one who died for you. Okay, then there comes all this other additional details, you know, of the things, of the external things that God has for you. So our spirit contains the spirit of truth where the first witness lies. The first witness comes and it just justifies you as being real. It's not justifying you by the works you've already done. It justifies you by who you were created to be. Okay? So the first witness is always going to come in our spirit. And so we have to know that is where we hear the intuition of God. And as we learn to commune with God, then we can actually discern the things that are God moves in our life. We actually have those discernments. So the soul, remember, is the producer. James 121, put James 121 up. James 121 tells us, our soul is the place. Now, I, this is, I was talking about this in Soul Shifters this week. This is our soul. Our soul is broken up to four courts. We already taught about this. The intellect, the will, the emotions, our affections. All these things have to work. But the spirit wants to take over our soul. So these functions can do the truth, can perform the truth, okay? Now, when you look at this, when people don't recognize that they even have a spirit, this is full of a lot of black dots. And I call them doubts and unbelief, spots of everything that holds you back. But those spots were implanted by the things you were taught in the world, okay? James one twenty one tells us, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of the wickedness and receive with the meekness the implanted word which is able to save our soul. So if you're not opening this up and you're not getting the word, because so we are so blessed to live in a time where somebody's life, many people's lives were inspired by the spirit of God to write this book. And then there was one man assigned to put together the first one, to take it all together. And you know what? We have been so blessed to actually have 
this physical book all in one. Think about it and all the sections and things that have been written all over time. But this is what has been narrowed down to us. And so we have to know that our soul, all those things that are lies that we have learned have to be counteracted with the word. The word. And, you know, I, I mean, I can get into depth about the word, but we're just going to keep this as a quite review. But it tells us that it is able to save our soul. Our soul has to be saved. And that is where we actually experience the second witness. We f- it's, an, it's a sanctification. You know, something enters into your spirit and you know, you know, oh, I shouldn't do this. You know, I, I should not tell a lie. You know, you shouldn't do certain things, right? But you still do them, okay? But until you get the word and you feel that conviction, it bear, the first is it, ju- it gets justified within you. But now our soul, when it hears the word, its purpose is to sanctify the soul. So when we hear that word of truth, now it's time we have to do what? Meditate on it. We have to spend time with it. We have to actually grow with it so we can be sanctified in that truth. The soul needs to be rescued from our old character. There isn't anybody that can't come in this building and come from an understanding of not knowing because the intellect, it's like tennis. I think this, but I don't really know this. Maybe this is how it is. No, this is what I was taught, so this is right. We can actually work up such a belief system that once we come in and it's time for conversion to live for him and you get that hunger for his word, it's going to start breaking down those walls. And it breaks them down because we've got to get into the Christ-like character out in the marketplace that we were assigned to be. So he wants us to receive God's character. There is God. God wants us to be one with him. So we can go out and do and touch and be connected with the people we're supposed to, to expand his kingdom, to actually have an external expansion, not just, but it has to start with what? An internal expansion. When we receive the word, we receive that seed of truth. It's truth. Put up Ephesians 3.19. I like this. Gene's been talking a lot lately about being full of God, the fullness of God, being filled with God. The Wait, full? Filled, that's it. I couldn't think of my little letters. Filled, full, and flooded with God. And I like Ephesians 3.19 tells us the importance. God is wanting each and every one. It took me a long time to even grip this. He wants each of us to experience the fullness we were designed, designed on this earth, that, in this earth to have. Eric sings. The fullness of his exposure is going to become through his what? Voice and his singing. But he's got to get into the right place, the right alignments, and doing the right things. You know, the Lord uses me for teaching. Do you know what I mean? And uses me for people. You know, I never wanted to be up in front of people. But until I started shifting into his move, he does it. I don't got to have, I don't have to do it. It's his word. Do you know what I mean? He makes those things click on so you can help do what you're called to do. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses, which passes, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Well, there is a fullness, and it's, it is, it, we want to be, it, it, what the word says, we want to run over. We want the fullness of God to be like a cup within us, and it's just running over onto other people. So when you receive that fullness, it's not for you. It's for 
others. We become such a selfish world in that we want everything for ourselves, but we were designed so we could go out, so it could help manifest and change and get God's name spoken throughout the whole earth. So he wants us. It's hard for us to realize that he wants us to have that much love, isn't it? Because everything he has designed for your life, he's already got it designed to experience that fullness of his love. So it says our goal as a Christian is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit in that, I mean, and the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just one moment. See, I think that's a, I thought it was a one moment thing and then I'm full. No, it is a constant relationship. It's a constant relationship. I want to think of it like this. If you're married and you're dating somebody or you have somebody, the first thing you want to do is do what? Kiss them. Now, come on, right? Right? Secretly, everybody really does, okay? You two need to be kissing every day. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit's like. It's getting your kiss every day. It's, it's, it's getting that kiss every day. You know what I mean? I know when I don't get the kiss for the day. Do you know what I mean? Because I had it in my mindset that I didn't have to, if I got the fullness once, that means I'm already full. No, it's a continual relationship that he wants us to experience that fullness and it gets into different levels and different measures and different places as you accomplish the tasks he already had predestined and set before you. It actually gets sanctified in the soul when your soul becomes in agreement that you're justified in that. So we can be filled with the spirit, but that doesn't mean that we're actually full of God because the fullness comes when the soul gets sanctified. When that soul gets sanctified, we cannot be full. We, we, we should be desiring to get the fullness. We should be desiring to be flooded with it. We should be developing in that desire to understand that the only movement that can really happen is when that desire is in place. What Paul was saying is let the seed of truth be formed in you. Let that Holy Spirit keep taking dominion, taking more space, growing from glory to glory. The little chart over here, what's happening to the Spirit? It's growing. It's being formed until it fills the whole outline of your body. And you have become the fullness of what God has created you to be. Isn't that amazing? Can't you just see the little spirit in there? I'm punching it out. It says the Holy Spirit. I love it. He, he has... Um, he has, um, um, uh, what are those called, ironsmiths? What do they do? They take something and they rot it out when iron gets hot. Think about the little spirit. He's a hot sucker in there. He is wanting to press everything out so he can be your complete form. He can, can be, come on. How many people in here have experienced something in external? Okay, I'll give an example of that, but I'm going to just let you think on your own life. Something external that was not God. But the moment the fire started consuming, pressing, changing, wrought, pressing out the truth in your life, external things started changing. I mean, because why? If he's growing, then those external things have to be cut right off. And you don't even have to do anything. That's the killer. I mean, you don't, we think we have to work so hard. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with my mic. Wrestling. So it gets formed on my ear. Okay. Okay. Hold on. It is having a hard time staying. Okay. So everybody understand that? Isn't that beautiful to think when you have something in your life, but it wasn't of God, but when you let that, as you start spending time getting the soul sanctified and you start coming into agreement with the plan, he starts getting rid of those things. All right. So that's a precious place to be. And I tell people, 
That is a blessed place to be in. So put up Psalms 107.20. He said, he sent his word and it healed them. And it says, and delivered them from their destructions. So that means as that's being wrought out in you, that there are things that are going to drop off. The more you spend, it says, draw closer to me and I will draw closer to you. Draw closer to me. Well, the first thing we do is we draw closer to him in prayer, worship, reading the word. Every time we take those steps, there is a growth that's happening. But there's a time of movement in that growth because things have to be sanctified, set apart, consecrated so that he can actually heal you and change the things that are destruction around you and turn them and reverse them into the blessings that he has for you. The implanted rooted word was sent to the soul to be healed and delivered from the life of destruction. 3 John 1.12 tells us, uh, this is one of my favorite verses, because boy, when I really got this verse, I could really start praying for people in belief and stand in a gap for somebody else. Because you know our love for the word, and when it becomes where you have the 100% fullness of that word operating in your belief system, that means you can stand in the gap for somebody else. And that they can actually experience that same thing if the heart is right. And so it says, no, that's not right. 3 John 1, 2, 1, 2. It says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your what? Soul prospers. So we can sit in the church and we can have received the Holy Spirit. But if we're not doing anything with it in sanctifying the soul and renewing the soul, because the soul's got to receive the second witness in the moves of our development. So if we're sitting there and we're doing nothing, then guess what? You stay just justified, but not sanctified. I didn't even know I was justified. <laughs> when I found out I was justified, then I started getting what? Sanctified, because it's an automatic movement. It is an automatic movement. If we're willing to deal with our intellect, our will and choice, our fears and emotions, our love and affections, and let them be purified into the truth, then he says, if my soul is going to prosper in the truth, then what else is going to happen? My external health is going to prosper. Now, this is so funny. I was living with a man unmarried for six years before I came into this ministry, and I thought that was okay, and it was cool, right? I really deep down wanted to be married. Francis knew me during that time. I wanted to be married, but he didn't want to get married. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to call it. We're married. <laughs> right? I did. We built a house together. We did everything. But you know what was weird? I got these little bumps on my skin. <laughs> I am no kidding. And I could, I had one behind my heel and I had one on my arm and they were just little, these little red bumps. Well, I didn't know what they were. I just thought age spots, right? You know, I'm getting older. Well, this is no kidding. When I started meditating on that word, that as much as my soul would be sanctified under Christ, I could have justified myself all day. <laughs> but Jesus, the spirit, had the truth in me. Well, do you know one of the first things that went away were those spots? And they were there for years. Gone. Nothing. And I'm going to tell you, when I started meditating on that scripture, I felt things leave my body. Now, what were those things? Those were the unbeliefs, the doubts, the lies, the demons, things that actually I let fester in my physical external. Our bodies are the external evidence of what your soul is sanctified in. Our body becomes an external evidence. Isn't that crazy? 
I mean, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's like so crazy good that you think, all right, you actually think like there's a trick in it. But there isn't. When you start meditating on certain verses and you really get it sanctified in your soul and you get that spirit and soul to be one, when two come together and they become what? One. The first agreement has to happen in you. Okay? I can come to Gene all day. Gene, let's be in agreement. We're going to do this as this. But if, if we really don't believe the word that sanctified the soul, we're just entertaining ourselves on the external. We're not really letting the growth happen on the internal. And let me tell you something. Everybody is born with a measure of faith when they're growing up. I did grow with a measure of faith that you were not to go to the hospital. My father was a funeral director. We saw death every day. He said, when you enter the hospital, you're on the what? Down. My dad never let us. I'm going to tell you, we get sick. And when we got sick, we never went to the doctor. Never. Never. He, would, he never let us enter that place. So the first time I went to the doctor was when I had a baby. And what was my fear? I was going to die. <laughs> you know, I wanted to have a baby, but I think it's interesting. Now, with that type of faith that I was already given in the natural, then you combined it with the spiritual. Of course, I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We can experience signs, wonders, and miracles, not just in our, we have to first experience things in our external. And then as we conquer that and we overcome that because the greater one's in us, then we can actually move it out. The first glory is what happens within you in the glory of God. The second glory in Corinthians says is when you push it out to the people. If you keep it for yourself, you, that, you could kill yourself there. You shouldn't do that. The soul has a direct effect on the body. The soul can produce sickness or it can produce health. I want everybody to really think that. Nobody should go leave this place today whining about their health. Nobody should go in their workplace. And the first thing you sit down with a customer, yeah, I'm feeling lousy today. Yeah, I can't make this because of, you know, I mean, whatever is going on. You know what I'm saying? I want you to think about it. You can be healthy every day. Now, because my parents didn't believe in going to doctors, guess what I got every year in school? The 100% attendance award. You can guarantee the Monday children when it came at the end of the year and they called out the 100% attendance. We had it every year, hands down. My parents were not going to miss a day of school because we were not sick. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Now, that was because of a philosophy. Actually, a fear drove them. See, I love this. Sometimes when our fear can be transferred into faith by the witness Man, you've got, that's God's power. That is the power of God moving wherever you're at. So I want you guys to think about this. How much, now I know, and if you, you're all lying if you don't say this, because I still have these days. I don't wake up sick, but I wake up and say, okay, this is before I get into worship. I could really use a day off. <laughs> you're so funny. How many, and you could, but then you get up. You start getting that body moving. You start worshiping God. You look at that word. You're raring to get to work, right? I'm going to tell you, the first part of our day should be given to God. That is the first fruits of the day. It's got to be given because in that, we're not only justified, but we're allowing the sanctification, the second witness to start to marinate in our soul, which has to be sanctified. So you can know and discern the things that are of God for when the, first, when the, when the next witness releases you. You know, when the third witness comes, during the time you're in your rest and the awareness of grace, it's when your soul and your spirit have become one. And in that oneness, 
Now, in that oneness, it is resting and enjoying its that when the third witness comes to release you, it happens like that. Boom, and you just know it. You know it's a third witness. The third witness is to release you into your abundant life. Remember, we all, if you're justified here, everybody here has eternal life, okay? But when you get sanctified in the soul and you move by the witnesses, then you experience what God said. He came to give what? Eternal life, but what? Also life more abundantly. So we actually have a fullness of God we can experience if we learn how to move in these functions. See, we call this here the seven internal functions. These are internal works. Seven, intuition, communion, um, your conscious discernment, the intellect, the will, the emotions, and the affections. Seven moving functions. When they run aligned with the word of God, you have just entered into your rest, which is an awareness of grace. This is like, how do I see it? This is the seed, right? All right. Now the seed, it's actual seed. You open that little packet of seeds and you want to grow lima beans? Okay, I got my little lima bean seed. Now I got to plant it in some dirt. I got to plant it. This is the New Testament garden. This is new land. You got to now plant it, implant it, let it get rooted, let it get grounded. And when, it's, when it is planted and it starts to spring, it takes time. It takes time. Time moves and we enter in a rest. What happens to a seed in the ground when you don't see it for a couple weeks? And then all of a sudden, what do you see? A little sprout. That's what's happening because it's getting us to the place. See the little, the rivers come out, but we become actually a actually living, breathing, capable, abundant, whole body working full in the fullness for Christ. Doesn't everybody want that? It's the only place where you have prosperity. The only place where you have your health. The only place where God, the grace is the how. How to what? How God calls us by grace. That's the how. We don't get called by our own works. We get called in by grace. Grace causes our flesh to die. You know, it's going to be during that time that our flesh has to die. Grace perfects truth and love in us. It starts to marinate. It's working. It starts to make the bond so immovable that no man can what? Break it. It's a marriage. When our spirit and our soul get in one in that marriage, that I'm going to tell you, there is no man that can break it. Grace establish us, establishes us, him in us. See, it takes time. When we have that seed and then we actually decide to plant it in the soul and let that word work through these courts. Now, there's four courts, which that's in another lesson. We, we broke this all down already this year, if you want to listen to it. But grace strengthens us to live the abundant life in Christ. And then it settles us so we can receive the abundance with joy. Man, I see so many people, I've done it. You hit that line, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, and then you don't think you can receive. <laughs> you know, you can't even conceive you're supposed to have an inheritance. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of, we get into this thing, I'm just a slave. I just want to be a slave. Man, I remember when it hit me a couple years ago, I want to be a friend of God. I just don't want to be a slave. I remember I, we were at a lunch and I was talking to Carrie, and Carrie said something, I'm just a servant. 
I'm just, I'm a servant too, but I'm a friend. <laughs> a friend happily does something that they don't want to do for somebody. I was saying somebody, I forget who I said this to somebody this week, but love is an undeserved act. If you are a friend of somebody, it doesn't make a difference. Okay, does Eric have in my bank all the good things he's done for me? I had some business people, they said to me once, I had done some things for them and they had done me a favor and, 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 and I didn't even ask them for it, they just kind of did it. And then they said to me, Okay, that's it. We're even. Even for what? <laughs> I didn't even know what we're talking about. We're even. And I, I, I didn't understand that. He said, we're even now. I did, you did this for me a long time ago. Now I finally did something for you. I wasn't even looking for the return. You know what I mean? But see, the world has taught us those spots, those doubts, those things that don't sanctify us. They actually put us in the wrong thinking, holding back the fullness of God that would have happened. If you didn't even think that way, think about it. If we just walk freely in love and the truth of the word, you can't even hurt anybody's feelings. I don't think, I mean, the only person feelings you can hurt is a person who stays in the darkness, which I love this. Can you put up, put this up? God does not want us, I, I love this. He does not want us to be deceived. I'm gonna hit something here. Put up John 1 verses one through five. Uh, this just hit me. I just love this this week. And it was awesome. It wasn't in the lesson, but it's, a, it's something that really just hit my heart because this is what God wants to reveal. That's why we have to move by the witness. When we're justified, our spirit's gonna know something, but that doesn't mean you move yet on it. Remember, there's a timing in movement, all right? It says, in the beginning was the what? Word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, I remember the first time I read that verse, I was like, this is really deep. It sounds so basic, but this is really deep. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. He actually gave us a process that we had to go what? Through to get to him, okay? We actually have to go through. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. That's really deep. Nothing was made that was made that's not without him. So think about this. If this is the order God set, that we have to be justified by the Spirit to even know what the truth is, and then our soul in love, I love it, that's the truth, this is love. Love, if you love God, you wanna be his friend and you want your soul to get sanctified. You want to be in that position to change me. Holy Spirit, I invite you, change me. If I can't hear you, you do something to make me hear you, <laughs> you know, because without him, nothing was made that was made. Who wants to be in things that you made that he didn't make? Because I already said in the beginning, what's he going to do? Cut it off. He's going to cut it off. Because once you say, help me, Holy Spirit, <laughs> you've just opened the door for the things that you made to just get cut off. Because without him, nothing was made that was made. I love that. In him was what? Life abundant. He wants us not to just have eternal life. Man, he gets so excited when we have abundant life because that's when the Father can give us his fullness. And then we can grow in being flooded out with him. Oh. And the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, so think about this. When you accept Christ in your, when you become a believer, the first thing that's gonna come out and everybody say, 
Okay, you've just gotten weird. <laughs> you just go, hey, I have a brother. He told me. He saw that I was growing in this. My older brother, he's 12 years older than me. He said to me, he said, Lee, if I ever see you laying hands on TV, he said, that's it, I'm done with you. Okay, well, I, I just remember thinking, okay, that's really supportive. <laughs> you know? No, really, it was incredible. When people aren't attuned to his movements, but do you know, if they sat and really listened to this, They'd be running, change my life, change my life, cut this stuff out. If they actually knew that it was their dark spots, their doubts, all those things hitting them. Now go to John. This is awesome. Now go to John 3.19. Oh, this is deep. Now remember, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't comprehend it. Can't comprehend it. So it says, and this is the condemnation. This is the judgment. Okay, everybody's so worried about being judged. I'm being judged. I'm be- Don't judge me. Don't judge me, right? And this is the condemnation. This is the judgment. This is the judgment we should want, that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Okay, any deed that we do. Okay, this is deep. Any deed that we do. Because we say, that's good, that's good, that looks good, but it wasn't done from the source, is evil. <laughs> it really, I'm, t- I'm telling you, when we go and make things in our businesses and we don't keep alignments of order in our family, we actually made things that are evil, that even though they can look as good and happy as you think you do, but it's going to turn on you. And it cannot advance you into the abundant life. In fact, you can't even enter the rest. You don't get past this part. Because, remember, the first thing you have to realize about a witness is a witness justifies because it's the truth. That doesn't mean you have to understand it. The second witness is going to sanctify it and get you to come in agreement with that truth. Then, if you never get that far, you can never receive the third witness, which is a person more further ahead, somebody with more spiritual power that's actually going to speak and release you into your abundant life. In fact, when you step into the land that's your abundant life, that doesn't mean you really understand it. It just meant you were released to it. So there's always going to be growth. I tell you, you get to here, you start right back over here. And you keep going again, right? Every, until you hit heaven, you are always going to be going through this cycle. Same cycle. That's where we taught about, there's a lesson that Gene has taught on times and seasons. Well, in this, you're in time. This, you're in, you actually enter into a next season. I remember when I was working Remax, doing really good, living my lie, making my world. And then all of a sudden, I thought I had everything, but I realized I had nothing because I wasn't happy. And I thought what I created was going to make me happy. And when it didn't make me happy, I just said, just put me in my destiny. I just got weak in the car driving down Berwick Boulevard. I said, I am done. Two weeks later, I meet Gene. It was like crazy, crazy. And he wanted to call and he wanted to talk. And I was like, all right. (laughs) But it's funny how the Lord, when he tells us the judgment is this. The light has come into the world. So we live in a disposition where Jesus already came. The light is Jesus. He already came. I already noted it in John 1. But people love darkness rather than the light, 
for their works were evil. Everyone doing wicked things hates the light. Man, when you start, look at this. When your business gets in the right order, moving in the movement, moving by witness, moving the way the spirit has already taught us, okay? People come in here, they can get some real treasures because it says everyone doing wicked things hates the light. So the first sign that you're on the right path is there is resistance. When you put your, when you, and when does resistance happen? When authority gets put in order. When the right authority drops and it gets put in order, now it says everyone who's doing the wicked thing hates your light, hates the light that they see in order. People fear order. They'd rather stay in darkness. It says so that his deeds would be exposed. See, the next verse says so that his deeds would be would not be exposed. So now, in fact, you can go to the next verse, Chris, put it on 320. But the one who does the truth comes to the light so that his works would be revealed because they were works through God. Now, let me tell you. Okay, let's hit this. When God tells you to do something and God tells you to go in a place, there is no fear. There is no fear. People may start accusing you of stuff, but if you just stand, the truth what? Wins every time. I don't care. There isn't whatever is meant to happen is what's meant to happen for his truth. All right, because it says for everyone. Okay, go to the next verse. Oh, wait, hold on, stop. Lest his deeds should be exposed. Somebody who's in darkness doesn't like the order of authority because they something in them. See, they might not even know they're doing an evil deed. See, that's the beautiful thing. People really are, and I don't believe, I believe if somebody knows they're doing something wrong personally, I believe if that gets exposed, there is a part in our heart that God created us physically to receive that truth. And then to make a choice. I like to think that when people really see the lie, that they want to change. Because when I did, that's it. I just wanted to change. You know what I mean? I wanted him to do it, but I just wanted the change to happen. And so when we actually, so when somebody's really resistant, and it's because they just don't understand. See, we have to learn how to use them as witnesses. Signs that we're on the right path. After you, while you're being sanctified, this is the time that those in darkness who don't understand light, they fear you more because they fear the exposure they're going to get. Do you get what I'm saying? We, okay, when I was coming into this ministry and I would, you know, I would come in, I sat in the back row and I felt, my, I felt shaking in my body. Well, why did I feel shaking? Because there was darkness that didn't want to be with the light. I would stand in that office and I would listen to them over here and they'd start worshiping and speaking in tongues and stuff like that. And I'd feel shaking. Why? Because I, I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't looking at myself as a bad person. But once I realized whatever darkness was in me didn't want to get near that light. Do you know what I mean? But when I would take that, gosh, it says that we do have to press in. We have to press in to get the truth. And when we get the truth, then we have to stand firm and let it be sanctified so that we can actually be changed into the light because the light works from the in out. It works from the inner out, okay? And so it's not like you walk around. Now, let me tell you, I, I can't see casts come off people, but it's greater when I can see it come out of their eyes. You see the light come out of their eyes. How many people have seen that? You can see it. You can see something bursting out of them. That I trust more than the outer. I, I, you, go, you look for the inner. And so in business, when there are oppositions, you've got to take them and discern them. 
and know what is of God is what not is of God. And so I think that's really important verse because it reminds us there are, it says, but the one who does truth, that means doing what the spirit has already justified you to do, what the soul has become sanctified, you enter an actual rest. Because truth, if you have truth, you can wait in time. You get it? If you know the truth, then time means nothing. You're not in a hurry for that because you know it's already yours. You know it's already going to come to pass. So, But God's going to set it for a season. So he works his time of grace so we can be aware of him. Man, when we want to take the temptation and we want to receive things, that's when we start getting in trouble. Because if we know it's worked through God, then that's awesome. There is the devil's impatient. He wants to get you to take care of yourself. He wants to get you to self-elevate yourself. He wants to get you to go get your, and to receive everything through yourself when God wants to bring it to it. Do you know there's also a verse in the Bible that says, what we know we speak. Okay, now that's, that's, good, and, that's good and bad because what we know, whether it's a dark spot or whether it's his word, we do what? Speak. And that's how we start creating the outer external things. But then the next verse says, and I can't remember what this is. I just wrote it down because it really kind of hit me. Because that's where we need to keep our words speaking the word of God. We need to keep our words speaking from the spirit of God. We need to keep all our words pure, full of love, full of encouragement, full of helping people advance themselves. But it says, what we have seen, we bear witness to. See, the, okay, when somebody is in darkness and they don't know they are, man, you love that person more because they're not trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? It becomes your confirmation. It becomes your confirmation. I love it when I have now difficult people around me. I was like, ooh, something's up, right? Okay, because they just don't know. Because it says, what we have seen, we bear witness of. Well, if we have seen in the Spirit then we're going to bear witness of that, and then we start walking it out. We stand in that truth, and it you can't be moved. But then if you're seeing in darkness, if you're seeing out in the external things before you take it in the internal rotation, then what's happening? Your Satan's getting you off the path. So if orders aren't right, even in the movement of this order, if your life isn't moving, if you everybody sits here, and I know you can identify with this. Yep, I remember that. I remember when I was justified. Yep, I can remember when God was trying to sanctify me in his word. Do you know what I mean? But I didn't listen. Do you know what I mean? And then you got stuck not entering the rest. You stayed in turmoil. The first sign you know things are out of order is there is turmoil in your soul. There's turmoil in your soul. The rotation, it starts, and it's, you know, this is crazy. It's like a jar. I remember, um, what's her name saying this one? It's like a jar. You ever have a jar of um, lightning bugs? Yeah, you guys never collected lightning bugs? Well, you know, in Pennsylvania, lightning bugs are really popular in the summer. But there were a lot this summer. I took lots of walks, and I saw lots of them this year. But anyway, you, you, I used to put them in a jar. They'd become my friends, right? You put them in the jar, and they would be trapped in there. And you could actually hear them hitting the jar. Do you know what I mean? But you just wanted to hold on to that light. You wanted to hold on to that. But see... You actually have to release things. You can't keep them in jars. They actually have to be released because if they stay in a jar unreleased, 
then they just keep rotating and rotating and rotating. And you could be holding onto something you think is a light, but it's a lie. And so that's where we have to, how do you know something's exposed? You're willing to set it free. <laughs> You're willing to really set it free. You're really not, you don't have to keep it. Now, there are things that God keeps in your heart, but you can be free. You don't have to be bottled up. Come on, you see it, with, you see it working in business all the time. Real estate's one of the worst places that you can work with, with people who are all like jars, all bottled up. Don't let me tell them about my client that I got locked up here because they might steal it. But if it was really theirs, I didn't have to worry about it. Okay, isn't this deep? Anything that we do, we don't even have to worry about if we lose a client. I, I, now, before, I used to worry about that. I'd be like, I want that client. That is our client. We're going to get that deal. And then we didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand, right? But then it was like, when you're living in the kingdom, you can't make things that he didn't make for your life. So I have more confidence now sitting in a meeting. I sat one time, and this guy said, I want, and it's a million-dollar house, right? We're sitting here with this, with this guy. And I don't think you were in the office on that day, but Carrie was sitting next to me. And he goes, well, this builder can do it for this. This builder can do it for this. This builder can do it. You know what I said very nicely? Hire that builder. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. It was like Carrie started laughing at me. He looked at me. I was like, go ahead and hire that builder. And, I, and, and then he was like, no, but I'm here sitting with you. And I said, but he sounds really good. I think you should hire that builder. I might want to hire that builder. You make him sound so good. <laughs> I mean, because if the works are truth, then I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry through it. I have become so laid back on this because the best things that were God, let me tell you, I'll tell you, there's a great testimony. And we're still good on time. Before I crossed over into living in the kingdom, okay, and even though I thought I was a little good girl living in the darkness, right, <laughs> because I had good things, I had life, well, I was getting worn out in the world of darkness, and the guy I was living with, he just, I just made so much money, and he spent it, and I couldn't, I wasn't even spending it, you know what I mean, and I couldn't even keep up with it, I was like, Arr! so I get on this computer in the middle of the night, and you know, God is always with us, preserving us. He is always with us to preserve us when we don't understand what we don't understand. And I remember praying in my office, just sitting at the computer. I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. I cannot live in this type of movement, you know? And so I thought, okay, well, I'm a licensed school teacher. I taught fifth grade for 11 years. And, you know, to be honest with you, it'd be so easy to go back to that job. I'd have it down like cake. Get in, do my job, go home. I could have it done. I mean, that's how when you've done it for that many years and I love kids, I can put them in order. So I thought, okay, I'm going to apply for a middle school job because middle school is easy. Everybody says middle school is hard. Trust me. To me, middle school was easy because I like complicated kids. So, and the, the, the curriculum is not hard. And then you just have different classes writing in. You know what I mean? They have to listen to you. <laughs> so I go on to Chatham County, which I worked for Bryant County and Liberty County before. I go into Chatham County and I saw there were some middle school positions. So I put in my years, my degrees, my time, and it came up that I would um, earn $51,000. That was where I was on the teaching scale for my years and experience and my education. So uh, great, I put in an application. I put an application because in Chatham County you do it online. You don't hand it in. In the old days you had to hand it in, go visit the board. Okay, well things were different here. So I actually filled it in. And I was like, so, okay, that, that would be so easy because I could have an assistant in my office and be doing two jobs at one time and both working. That's what I thought. Now, isn't that terrible? Coming up with my own what? 
ideas. Well, let me tell you, that is when God started changing my life. This is so powerful. I was working. I never took lunch, and I always worked on Sundays. That was my rule. I never took lunch because when the realtors went out to lunch, that's when somebody important always walked in, right? And then I would go in. The, the building was closed on Sunday. I would sit in the building on Sunday, just do work. Well, I was doing work on a Sunday, and these people come knocking on the window, looking in the window, and I opened the door, and I let them in. And uh, they told me that they were looking for a real estate agent. I said, okay. So I started talking to them. And at least did they know I had sold their parents a house many years ago for about $560,000. Well, they said they're coming in and they're looking for a house that they're going to move here to be close to their parents. And I was like, okay, well, do you, you don't know an agent? And they're like, no, we're just going to take one right off the street. So when they realized I did their parents, they were excited and they bought a $1.7 million house. And my commission was $51,000 all within 30 days of me trying to make myself work harder in the world. And God said, that is not what I have for you. And I didn't even understand what God was doing for me at that time. But that alignment put me in a different alignment of really saying, I remember it overtook me when I saw the amount was $51,000, like, oh. And, it, and I really did know God was changing my life then. And that was months before I had met and I it was kind of crazy, like God prepared me there to get some devastating news. And then eight months later, or between eight and five months is when I met Jean. And God was preparing me so I wouldn't feel, it was like the changes he was going to make, cutting off the destruction. And it moved by witness. Believe it or not, it, I was sitting at my phone during that, about, uh, uh, about six months prior to that. I'm not, a, I'm, I've got like the secret competitiveness but I could care less if I win. It's like, did I, Kim knows that. We play tennis. <laughs> I say, Kim, you keep score because I could care less. But the whole time I'm. <laughs> right, we play tennis. Okay, but I really could care less. Well, I'm sitting during that same time at my phone. And um, I, it, the phone was about to ring. I felt like the phone was going to ring. But before it rang, out of my spirit, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be the number one agent at this office. And then when I said it, I was like, I don't even care if I'm the number one agent. I'm making good money. <laughs> it didn't make a difference. It was amazing. It had to be said. Do you see what I'm saying, how God works with us when we don't understand? Because he, it did. It was a burp out. And I remember not even liking the thought of receiving it. I burped it out. And I was like, God was trying to put me in a place to move me into another place. Okay, it wasn't about money. It was about movement of a position. But when that hit me and I said it, the first thing I was like, I don't even want that. It wasn't even, a, it wasn't like a real desire of my heart, but it's where I needed to be to do something else. And so do you see how God moves? There are little things. Our spirit, my spirit already knew the truth. It burped it out. Then what started happening? Depression hit me. I can't afford this guy I'm living with. Boom, I start applying for another job. And then God just brings a client in. Do you see what I'm saying? Moving me in the movement to get me into a next destination, which was opening up CE Hall Real Estate, which was getting out of that world and bringing it. Now he said, now I'm going to show you how I do it in my world. And in his world, I don't have to worry about what gets exposed. I just have to do what he tells me to do. Our relationship in the morning with him to go to the source is so important because you may not know what's going to happen to you in the day, but this does. So if this is stirred up and this is ready to discern, man, we had two bids come to us. And, I'm, and 
It was awesome. We had two bids come to us this year that were big deals. And I watched Gene. This was so, I was so proud to at the same time, like, because you could watch the word in action. Two people coming to pressure him in the business, pressure him, pressure him. These two big jobs, I'll pay you half the money in cash up front. One was a $2 million deal, and the other one was a $500 million deal. One guy said, I'll pay you $400,000 right up front. The other person said, I'll pay you what? Two hundred and fifty up front. He said there. But the moment they started acting like the enemy, see, the tempter keeps pushing you. Tempter keeps pushing you, keep pushing you. Well, it's funny. Gene made a comment that burped out of him about a year prior to that. That's it. I'm not going to be doing any. I'm not doing any any houses anymore. After this one big house, he did. He goes. He, and he didn't even know why he said it. But God was opening up another wave of move, and really has been through remodeling. But that doesn't mean the other houses have come. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and we didn't get the deals. All because he didn't take the cash up front. Now, who would that be? Satan. If he would have taken the cash, Judas, right. If he would have taken it, it would have put him out of season. Because he would have become a slave to Satan's work. Man, I sat there the second go around. I mean, and God uses us as witnesses. He even got a prophecy warning him about the one that he would. It said, it said, you'll don't go to the nightstand for sleeping pills. What does that mean? That job probably wasn't going to be good <laughs> because Gene's such an awesome worker. He wants everything to be right. And when it doesn't go right, he wants to make it right. He is going to make it right. Well, whatever would happen in that job, it would have been devastating because it wouldn't have been able to. He it would have bothered him. He probably wouldn't have been able to make it right. Do you see what I'm saying? This is why in business we have to walk by witness and know when the witnesses are moving us and know when it's Satan, do you know what I mean? Trying to get us off the course. Because even if you're in the light, darkness wants to come near you because it still has an assignment. The person does not have an assignment on you. The darkness uses that person's worldly places and things to speak things to you to try to get you off course so you don't miss the season. Okay, and remember, before you enter a season, you're going to do what? Rest. Let me tell you, when I got that $51,000, that put me in what? It took me 30 days to make it. <laughs> and then when I got it, it put me in what? Rest. And my brain wasn't thinking about how can I afford this guy when this guy was about to be cut out of my life, <laughs> which is exactly what happened. God said, I'm going to take the things around you that are destroying what I haven't made for you. Then he's now put me, and they put me in an accelerated path to do what he's called me to do. And it doesn't make a difference. I can't look back and compare the kingdom to the darkness. You can't compare them because the wealth and the gathering is greater in the kingdom than the darkness. Now I want to end with a story because we just have a few more minutes. And I didn't get full this, this, I didn't get through this full lesson, but I definitely have to tell this story. Did everybody get this? Was this good? Okay. The Lord gave me this a couple days ago, and I felt it was very strong, and it deals with this when we're moving and being built up because the importance of the awareness of grace, awareness of grace builds you up. If we're in the rest right now, we're in the dispensation of rest right now for July, August, September, okay? This is a time of rest. Well, you know, God, I love the Old Testament because the Old Testament, God did not break his order. Now, we didn't have Christ, and we didn't have where it's different. We get the Holy Spirit in us. We get this guidance. But there's a part in Chronicles that talks about 
how David had to prepare to build the temple. Now, I want you to apply this, that you are the temple of Christ, okay? David is like a Christ, okay? David was a source, okay, back then, okay? He leaned on God. He had built a relationship with God up in the, he sang to him. God chose him, okay? Well, it says, David had said, this is the house of the Lord God. And this is the altar of burnt offerings for Israel. Now, let me tell you something. When you get in a time of your soul to be sanctified, that's where the burnt offerings hit the altar. Okay? We actually have to come to him. As he's building his house, he already recognized that he has to bring what? Burnt offerings. Well, we built our altar by our soul being sanctified unto him. All right? So... David knew this, and we, we, we should know this. We have to have this altar built so we know where we're moving every day. It goes on to say that David then was told by God to start collecting things. Start collecting. And here's a list of what he had to collect. He said now, he said, now gather all the aliens that were in the land of Israel. And he says, now appoint them as masons to cut the stones. And then he said, now we're going to, now this will be used to build the house of God. And David was preparing. The key word in this, in the verse was, now David had to prepare. David had to prepare iron in abundance. He had to gather for nails. He had to get the iron for the nails. He had to gather bronze in abundance. Every time it says what? Abundance. He had to gather bronze in abundance. He had to gather cedar trees in abundance. He had to gather and keep building all these things where God told him to get the abundance. But then he didn't ask him. He couldn't do anything with it. He couldn't do anything with it. He had to hold it. Come on. It says, now David said, Solomon, my son, is inexperienced and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent. It must be famous and it must be glorious throughout all the countries. I will now make these preparations for it after God told him what to collect. He now says, even though my son's inexperienced, I'm going to make all these preparations for it. And he says, David made abundant preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and he charged him to build a house for the Lord of Israel. And then he goes on to say, And David and Solomon, my son, as for me, as it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord God, but the word of the Lord came to me, saying that, no, you have to build it. But then God told him he wanted to know why he couldn't build it. So he gave him some reason why, and that's not really that important here. He just said, because you shed much blood and you've made great wars. You shall not build this house for me, but it will be your son Solomon. Who shall be a man? Now, this is what God said to him. Solomon will build it. Who shall be a man of rest? It says, and I will give him. And then it says, you shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. 
His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in these days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper. Now, let me tell you what this really hit me. When you are in this eternal development, you are like David. You are like David. You are preparing. You are collecting. You are holding on to the iron the nails, you are building, you are saving the gold. The cedars, the cedars grow in high elevations. During this time, you are like a David. But then when it's time now to enter his rest, you enter into Solomon's inheritance. If we don't understand the movement of this, God says he wants us to praise and be as free as David was free. David made mistakes. But he said that wasn't his part. His part was to still build the temple in praise. But then it got handed over to his son to actually now build the physical. All right. And he would enter the rest into the inheritance. Why are we so attracted to Solomon? Because we came after Jesus. We're supposed to be in the rest. We're supposed to receive the what? The inheritance, Jesus came to get David's alignment right in us, okay? The, the order of that alignment, where to build and reserve. Do you know what happened to people doing this? They build, they save their bronze, they save their nails, they save their cedar, and they go build something God didn't make. And they never enter the what? The rest. And they never receive the inheritance of Solomon, which he goes on to say, Solomon, do not fear, do not worry, just seek. It was already told to him, seek wisdom and understanding. What is happening during your rest? I call this your receiving of Solomon. Man, do you get your, I, man, we do. We get people in here who don't think they're supposed to prosper. We are supposed to prosper as Solomon prospered because of the work that was already done by Jesus. Jesus already came to set the order. Do you get this, Chris? And then now we're to enter into the rest of Solomon. People get so excited about what Solomon received, but they're not willing to do what David did. <laughs> I get so excited. I want to hug everybody. Everybody who gets this, we're in the dispensation of rest right now. If we can get, don't be doing anything with anything right now. You've got to be really be ready for when the inheritance is to come and when he has you really building. Man, I have seen visions. We are supposed to be building houses. We, I, we are supposed to be building houses for people. I know it. It's kind of crazy. I've known it since I was little that I was always going to build houses for people. They're always going to be connected to building houses for people. So what did I start doing in my flesh? I started buying rundown houses and what? painting them, fixing them. And I cry when the person loved it so much. I was like, okay, you can buy it. <laughs> I didn't even care if I made a profit, right? <laughs> I did not even care if I made a profit. When I saw their face, one lady cried to me. I didn't know I could ever have crown molding. Oh, God, what do you need? You need me to pay your closing costs? Okay. <laughs> That's how I was because 
It's kind of interesting, but I was actually making my inheritance. And when God started showing me, he gives me what inheritance I need for what time. Now what do I do with it when I receive it? There is a big warning on people right now because the movement of the body of Christ that's going to happen, those people who are to receive certain things, they've got to be as wise as Solomon. They have to want the wisdom of God and the understanding so they know what they're to be building. Right, it's at the purpose. It was awesome how Solomon, David did all the preparation. Solomon implemented it. And he said, Solomon will be a man of what? Rest. Isn't that powerful? Don't you love this? Gene, don't you love this? Okay. It was amazing how God just started downloading this in me in such a way because that's why we go through the labor. You know what I mean? People, we want to get into prayer and we have to labor. Time is labor. But when it's time for a woman to give that birth, that baby's going to what? Come. No matter how prepared she is to be a mother. The baby is going to come, and it's going to come, and then you either get prepared before or you're going to deal with a lot after. Come on. How many people have dealt with that? They start growing in something, and they really didn't take the preparation. But if, it's, if your heart is right and it's where God has you to be, then he's going to kick it in. I read a book, and I'm going to end with this. I read a book about a woman who started learning how to really pray. And the one thing is, is she prayed for a lot of years. But she didn't have experiences in certain elements, you know what I mean? And actual anger brew. Anger brew so much she just wanted to give up on it. You know, I'm going to tell you, right when you're about to give up is the point of labor deliver is about to come. (laughs) Because I know how I feel. I feel every time I want to give up. I know it. I do know it now. When I feel like I want to give up and I get down and I actually cry and I just say, stop it. You know what I mean? Because when you get like that, God, the enemy wants you to speak something that takes you right off course. Telling you, I really just want this. No, I just want this. No, if you just do this, this is all I want. Actually having you negotiate your inheritance. And nego- giving up your inheritance for lentils. But see, God loves us so much, he's still going to keep us on the plan. We just delay our time. Do you know what I mean? But I always believe that if we're delayed in time, he really has us in his time. I am telling you, that's the one thing. I kept thinking, I wasted six years. I didn't waste six years. It may have seemed like I wasted six years. But now I look back on it, it was his way of putting me in time. And I wasn't feeling anything during that time. Do you know what I mean? But he decided the time to finish it, which was six years into it. He said, now this is done. And he did it in a way that I, of course, was going to walk away from it. You know what I mean? And I did it without anger. That's how you know it's God. There is no anger. It's just peace. He wants us to walk in that peace. And so the third witness is always going to have the release of peace. It's always going to give you a peace in a crazy movement. And when you just do it, it's just so awesome, you know. And I do feel like moving's happening because I have felt like I have felt such a, a tightness sometimes when I'm in my alone time where it makes me feel like I want more things. And then it's like, but I really don't, that's not going to make me happy. You know what I'm saying? And I actually get into that flow, and then I love it. Right when I say that, I was like, nope, your will. I mean, I don't know why I'm thinking that. And then all of a sudden, it just lightens right up. See, that's what we have to do, not get into that desperate place where we don't know where we're getting the source, where we go back into that place to get the source. So I loved it. When it's time to call 911, you didn't call 911 with making a deal. You just called 911, and truth showed up. And that's what we want in our business, in our marketplace, and working with people. We want that. 
we want it where God, you are in a place where people are transparent and you can grow and be loved. So you don't miss this. You don't miss this. It's so awesome. I want everybody to be in their rest, entered in their rest, full of the fullness of God, being flooded with God. So we're just going to end this now because it's 1223. Was this good for everybody? Okay. And I just thank the Lord for his word. So let's just honor him. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just love you with our whole heart, our soul, and our body. Lord, we thank you for your word. For as your word is implanted and rooted in our soul, you sanctify our hearts so that we can be moved into the rest. Lord, open our ears and our eyes to know your truth and to help us understand the times and seasons of your move. Lord, we thank you for giving us an order, something to see that we are worthy in you and that the greater one is in us. So, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that you promised in your time that would be poured out amongst all flesh. Lord, we receive that you gave us this Holy Spirit so we could actually commune with you, talk to you, and be transparent unto you. So, Lord, we thank you for entering into this time of rest. And, Lord, I pray that everybody who leaves here opens their mind to receive an inheritance that's greater than what they can see in front of them now. So, Lord, I just thank you and honor your son in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.